if your relationships feel messy or hard or in transition right now, if you're in midlife or in particular in the second spring of your life and you feel like you keep messing up or something's not quite right or you're being stretched in many different directions relationally or community-wise or family-wise, that is as it should be. I say often, um, I've talked about this on episodes before, but if life is messy, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. And today I want to focus on relationships in the midlife season and why I believe that if our relationships are in flux right now, that's exactly where we're supposed to be. It's not comfortable. We may not be doing it gracefully, but as long as we don't quit, we keep showing up because community really, really matters. Relationships matter. Then we're going to find our way. But hey, we've never been here before. And I think that's a helpful reminder when we feel like we are messy. It's like, you've never been here before. This is new. So, you know, how would you already know how to do this thing that's in front of you? Welcome. I'm Krista O'Reilly Davy DeGee, founder of alifeinprogress.ca and rebrandingmiddleage.com. I offer my work as a writer, grief and trauma-informed mind-body coach, and joyful living educator. My work is for freedom seekers, truth tellers, and stubborn questioners, highly sensitive souls, slow movers, and non-hustlers, the anxious, grieving, weary, and healing, reforming people pleasers, perfectionists, performers, and peacekeepers, and brave, messy, curious humans ready to quiet the conditioning and noise to reclaim freedom, wholeness, and joy. Before I say anything more, I'm just going to say, honestly, is there another way to do life besides imperfectly, messily? I don't think so. <laughs> we may have like these lovely little grace periods where we're like, ah, nothing moved, don't breathe, everything's kind of working, you know. But if we're awake, if we are growth-minded, if we are doing brave healing, stretching, work becoming or growing into our true selves, we're going to encounter stuff that's hard. Um, there really is no other way. So right from the start, let's just release the shame and judgment, the stories that everything should always be smooth sailing, neat and tidy. That's not evidence of a life well lived. That's evidence of somebody who is keeping the peace, afraid to breathe, avoiding hard conversations. Relationships take work always. We need to nurture them, right? Um, and we need, you know, there's so much work involved in community building, in building healthy relationships. That's not what I'm focusing on here, however, but I did want to just name that. In the middle season of life, though, yikes. <laughs> As I said, like if you are growth minded and you are owning your own healing work, you're, um, you want to keep removing layers of you know old wounding and shame and judgments and comparisons and trying to measure up and keep up and um you know 
trying to work hard for approval and all the other layers of noise, if you're doing that at any capacity, then you're going to be involved in relationship work. So specifically speaking to those of you in the midlife season, and and I think that this is even more significant when we step into our second spring, um, we are challenged in this area, well, in lots of areas, but including relationally in many ways like never before. So I believe that not giving up when this gets hard, not giving up on relationships, not giving up on community, even when you can't see a new possibility yet, even when you're in the kind of the murky waters, I think it's incredibly important, necessary work if we want to walk more and more in freedom, wholeness, and joy. So I'm going to have, you know, a bit of a I, I do have some notes, but I'm just going to have a sort of a bit of a wandering conversation here. My intention today, as I talk about some of the noise that can keep us from growing into um, seeking out, doing the hard work towards healthy and brave and wise community and relationships, so as I talk about some of those, the noise involved, I'm not interested so much today in offering up answers. Really, I want to address some of that stuff. Um, bring awareness to it. Um, name it so that maybe you know you're not alone. And I would like to also point you towards a couple of ways that you can do more of this work in depth with support in meaningful ways, with tools and skill building resources that I've put to the test for years. So I think I'll just start there. So the spring session of the Brave and Beautiful community will be opening up in March. So as you listen to this episode, that starts early, renewal runs for two weeks, and it starts on Monday. Um, this spring session is focused on largely on relationships and community. So boundary work, um, boundaries with self, with other people and with our inner circle people, those are all different. And I wanna talk about those things. And it really makes a difference when we start to understand the differences. Part of that is creating your own circle of impact, this exercise that I offer that can be very powerful. My girls like to tease me about it because I really truly, I have a, I have it written down. I revisit this twice a year, a bit more organically than that, but like twice a year for sure. And it's a, a powerful visual that helps us learn things that most women, like I haven't met a woman yet for whom this isn't really critical work, um, where we begin to learn skills and understanding around relationships and who gets the best of our energy and, and all of that and how to set boundaries and all the things. Um, this visual can be really powerful. So 
circle of impact. Um, we are going to be exploring community care and building healthy community, which is really, I mean, it's hard on many levels and there can be, uh, we will be touching on things like neurodivergence, how that impacts our access to healthy community, how our old wounding impacts how we show up in our relationships or avoid relationships. Um, emotional and nervous system regulation skill building, which isn't, we're not, you know, we're sort of, it's an ongoing process or work in my community, um, but it's a critical part of learning how to be in healthy relationships. What does it mean to belong to self first? No more self-abandoning. Um, the what do we do when we recognize that we've stayed in relationships long past their due date and we have been self-abandoning to stay in those relationships? Explore. So we're going to be having um, exploring and having honest conversations, doing some skill building work and making space for what's next. Now, I think this is really important. It's we need to have a sense of what we want and need, where we're moving towards so that we can start to close the gap. So long story short, if you want to do some very practical work in this area, um, then consider joining me for the spring session of the Brave and Beautiful Community. It will, in a sense, it will answer some of the questions that arise in the midlife season, the questions and common struggles that arise in this area of life. Um, in the joy workshop, um, tomorrow is the last day to register for free, by the way, for that workshop. One of the things that I will touch on, it's not the whole conversation at all, but I am mentioning that joy is amplified when shared and amplified in community. Um, and yet, what do we do if we don't have healthy community, right? Like it, cause it, like, you know, for me, for instance, I've always said, like, I'd rather be alone then be in relationships where I have to hide parts of myself, mask, fawn, people please, et cetera. And also I'm still learning how to, how to heal and move past those old patterns. Um, so joy can grow in healthy relationship. And there's so much noise that keeps us stuck in less healthy relationship. So, here are some thoughts that I have jotted down today around, you know, just ideas that I've encountered, whether personally or in my work, that can keep us, keep us from really choosing our inner circle people, especially really wisely and with intention so that we have people that lift us up and, and we do the same for them and we're growing forward together. We are thriving forward. All right, so I'm just gonna dive on in. Um, they're not really in order, but 
like in any particular order. So I'm just going to, you know, jump in with my kind of messy notes. So the idea that family is forever is a tough one. Now, remember, I don't believe in a one size fits all response to any situation for every human on the planet in every season. Right. So, so this, yeah. So I'm going to trust that you, you're going to take good care of yourself and make wise choices for yourself. But this idea that family is forever or that um, blood is, you know, means that we stick together forever is a challenging one because what happens when there is real disrespect or very strong and harmful um, differences or misalignment in values or belief systems, then what? Um, it, there have, you know, there are times or, or even just dysfunction where you finally just say, not doing this anymore. I believe that family isn't necessarily forever. In an idealized world, my heart would be, you know, that, that, that we would always love each other forever and respect each other and, you know, be able to be in relationship, but that isn't always the case. It's a very painful reality for many, myself included. And midlife just happens to be one of those friction points, I think, where a lot of things just come to a head. Because if we're doing our work and if we have the capacity for this type of work, um, we wake up to our old patterns. It's really humbling. We start to see our roots like never before. The root stories and patterns and experiences that formed us and formed our current belief system and behavioral patterns and many of those are not functional or they're not serving us they are not life-giving and they will not take us where we want to go so it can be a real time of disruption upheaval uprooting unraveling as we also plant and water new seeds um friendships are forever again no, they're not. And they shouldn't be for many reasons. And one thing I'd like to start with is that we can love somebody and not be in relationship with them anymore. This is hard. It can feel wrong. Um, because again, most of us, and again, like we're all so different. There's so much nuance here, right? So um, yeah, but many of us have this conditioning that tells us that if you love somebody, of course, you keep fighting for the relationship, you stay, you, you know, you forgive, you blah, blah, you err on the side of compassion and all the things. And, and you can get to a point where really what's happening and you realize is all of that erring on the side of compassion has been one direction. Like it's not reciprocal. You're not offering yourself compassion as you try to pour out and pour out and pour out. 
or you're staying in a place where you you do not feel that it's life-giving. You don't feel seen and heard. You don't feel valued. You're devaluing yourself, you know, whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's simply that you've grown different directions and that's not bad or wrong. And so this is for, for women in particular, not only um, this is tricky. It's hard to release old friendships and, and honestly, if we are unwilling to look at that and be open to the possibility that it might be required sometimes for our own well-being, for our own freedom, wholeness, and joy, then we won't, we'll, we'll stay stuck in old dysfunctional patterns until things come to a head. Um, you know, that story about I'm good if, so I'm good when I'm sacrificing, pouring out, etc. Or, you know, a good mom does blank, fill in the blanks, you know, those stories. Um, often those stories involve lack of boundaries. Um, and that can be emotional boundaries, or it could be boundaries of other kinds, like it could be around time, it could be around money or stuff, like, you know, it, it can show up in different ways. And another, it's not, it's not in, it's not the same conversation, but around parenting, we're, we're in a whole new season. So when we have, if we have children, and we're in the midlife season, maybe not at the midlife crossroad around 40, a little later, we probably have children who are a bit older and, um, or it's most common that our children are getting a bit older and the relationship is beginning to shift. So whether you have children who are, you know, late teens, young adults, or even into their thirties, you may be in a time of learning how to parent in a whole new way. And it can be uncomfortable because your kids are learning, you know, how to fly on their own and, and you're learning how to let them go and also hold your own, you know, like it's like this interesting dance or dynamic, but it's new. You've never been here before. And if this is one of the most important relationships in your life, it's a tender place. Um, we often run from the discomfort when people might feel angry with us, upset with us, disappointed, it can really hurt, can be hard. And that's why I mentioned that in the Brave and Beautiful community, it's an ongoing work and practice around emotional and nervous system regulation. But we will for sure be continuing the work as we explore relationships because we can't do one without the other. If I can't tolerate the discomfort in my body or the anxiety, or the if I can't figure out how to um, notice the looping stories in my mind and choose my response, shift focus, 
stay grounded, etc., then I will stay or go back to the old patterns of people pleasing, fawning, appeasing, you know, whatever is happening. We might do a lot of explaining, justifying, trying to make people understand. And, you know, part of the work in this season is often about us becoming our own best friend, our having our own back. I don't have to explain to other people. I might choose to, and that will be relationship dependent and also how safe I feel or respected I feel. And also the receptivity of the other person, because I'm not going to waste my time, frankly. Um, where it's, you know, yeah. So, but what we need to keep working on is first we we get solid on our choices for our own sake why am i doing this do i have a right to can i give myself permission to can i be with my own pain or grief um most often we owe another person nothing we don't owe them anything what we need to do is learn how to stop putting our own selves at the bottom of the barrel, build that friendship with ourselves, have our own back, be on our own side. From there, from that healthy and brave and resourced and wiser place, we have the potential to build healthy, strong, resilient, life-giving relationships. Another bit of noise here that's very, very common and that I work on with the, the women in the Brave and Beautiful community is that we have learned to distrust our gut or intuition or inner voice or self. We override all the time. And, and often what's happening in this midlife season is that we are in this transitional season where we're learning how to hear that inner voice or like, I don't think they are the same, but here I'm just offering up, they're all important. So gut intuition, inner voice. Um, and you're, you might be learning how to even hear it for the first time and then learning how to trust it and learning how to trust it even if you get it wrong sometimes. And one of the things that I recommend when I'm working, and again, I don't know your situation, but very often when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a client or with the women in my community or my daughters, I would say, err on the side of trusting what you hear and later you can examine it for truth, right? You can sift, you can say, oh, maybe that was my um, old nervous, you know, that pattern of fear or maybe, you know, whatever. You can do that later, but you are allowed to prioritize your safety and well-being, period. I take a really hard line on this because of how much we have been taught to override and completely disregard that inner strong, important messaging. 
So it is okay if we do this messily as we are learning how to get in touch with our gut intuition and inner voice or true self. Um, even so one of the ways, a couple ways actually that this can show up is in medical situations where something's off, you can't prove it. You don't exactly know or even understand fully what's happening, maybe because you don't have a medical degree, but maybe just because you don't know yet. But the your intuition is telling you clearly something isn't right. So maybe you're having that in response to a particular treatment, or maybe you're just asking to be heard. Um, and you're, you know, somebody speaking over you or dismissing your inner voice. That's one of the ways that it might be coming up for you. But another way that it could come up is in a relationship um, where something's wrong, something's off. Maybe you, you know, there's a boundary violation. Your body is telling you very clearly, but your brain doesn't have the language for it yet. Or you are have been gaslit for so long, or you have a pattern of distrust or whatever. So it's hard to explain for sure. And that can be used against you, or you might use that against yourself. But I would say, trust that. Just trust it for now. Um, okay, so sometimes we've been hurt before. And we don't, you know, and it just kind of keeps us from risking and trying or even believing that there is a different possibility um, that we could experience in the future in terms of healthy, wonderful, life-giving relationships. Maybe we just recognize we're really awkward and not great at friendships. We've struggled um, and it, it can be, you know, sometimes it's neurodivergence of different types and um, maybe our brains, yeah, our brains work differently. Um, we recognize that we don't fit well or easily, etc. And that can all be very true and hard and keep us from trying to find our people, you know, and to keep building social skills and also to learn how to regulate in social situations and honor our boundaries and limitations. Like it just because it's hard doesn't mean we have to opt out. Um, and in the Western world, we, most of us probably have been brought up with a strong leaning towards individualism um, and self-sufficiency and the idea that we don't need people and we should be able to figure everything out and do life on our own. I, th I really believe that has been to our detriment there is lots of great like um, research around the need for community care, how we get better outcomes, like, like so both on the positive side, you know, healthy community and community care, how they improve our life, 
in many ways and the opposite, like the lonely, lo loneliness, how detrimental it is to our health, for instance. I see the same with trauma and grief and how, and mental health, um, how many people are harmed or even maybe die because of the stigma around needing help. I experienced it even with the medical professionals who further stigmatized and harmed my son when I had told him that it was okay for him to receive help, to let people lift him up for a season. Um, there was no shame in that. We need each other. We all have these low seasons when we need others to come alongside. And I'm just, you know, really finding some language around what the hell happened. So, yeah, okay, so lots of noise around this, but maybe I'll just circle back to the very beginning and, and re repeat that if your relationships are messy, if they are imperfect, if you're stretching, if you feel like you're in transition, if it seems like every direction you look, there's, you know, stuff going on. Um, I'm, I would, I hope to encourage you and just say it is as it should be. This is a season of upheaval, disruption, rewriting, re-envisioning, and it's not easy, but it is good. It is good. Um, I forgot to say actually that in midlife, many people are also in that season of tending to aging parents and that whole relational dynamic. And that's where often old wounds will come up. Like maybe you've shoved them down for decades. And now as you care for your aging parent, they come to the surface asking for attention. So it's okay if you're doing things messily. It's okay if you don't necessarily feel like you know what you're doing. If you recognize that you have a lot to learn, if, um, you know, it's like, great. So make space in your life for the learning and the practicing. Um, you know, come join my community, find another place to practice, talk to your girlfriends about it. Um, you know, go to therapy, whatever it is that you need to do, but don't give up. We do need people in our lives. And it's okay that there's a lot of releasing in, you know, from your 40s and your in your 40s and 50s and to your 60s, maybe a lot of releasing so that you can make space for a new possibility. All right, next episode, I want to focus on what it means to honor our limitations. What do I mean by that? And it's part of the conversation around honoring our wiring and capacity. It impacts our relationships. It impacts our experience of joy. Um, and 
our relationship with self. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm going to go next week. All right. So remember the joy workshop free registration closes Friday tomorrow. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, that's um, tomorrow and end of day. Okay. So join me for that. You will get the replay if you can't join live. And remember that early, um, the early session, uh, I'm losing the word, early registration <laughs> for the Brave and Beautiful Community begins Monday. And um, I might have, yeah, for the people on the wait list, uh, they get first opportunity to join the, you know, fill up the limited spaces and um, sometimes I offer like special incentives there. All right, until next time, make peace with messiness to make space for joy. Thanks for being here with me.